so you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Franke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels podcast, a podcast dedicated to the upcoming Star Wars Rebels animated series. This is our prologue episode number three. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt the Crankster, Cranky. And on the other side of the mic is the creator of this Rebels podcast, this pitiful band of... No, we're not a pitiful band. We're a good band here. Michael Cohen, he's the creator. How you doing, Mike? Uh, good. Not too bad. And uh, we've actually we've got another special yeah. guest with us joining us. For our third prologue episode, that is Jason Hunt from the Wampus Lair. Is it is it chilly in the Wampus Lair right now? Uh, in the Wampus Lair, yes. In Arizona, where I'm living, not at all. Not so much. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's it uh, hit ninety this week. So. Oh yikes! Oh, already. Yep. Hey, that's not bad. It's it's Tatooine, man. That's nothing to Luke and, and those guys, man. It's that's that's cold. It's cold. Um, so we're missing the other half of the Wampus Lair. That's too bad. Yeah. Carl, I had to work tonight, but that's okay. You're gonna, you're gonna pick up the slack for him, right, Jason? I hope so. Try to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, we got some things to talk about. There's a lot of some new news coming out of the Rebels uh, for the animated series, Mike. And uh, yep. the first thing is, of course, that we have got a trailer now. And uh, before we kind of talk about it real quick, just just take a quick listen to the one minute trailer that debuted a few weeks ago. In a time of darkness, when fear ruled the galaxy, heroes will rise, destinies will collide. Who is that king? And a rebellion will ignite. Get ready. Now! Who are you guys? We're a team. What part of Blast Them did you not understand? Don't troopers, focus your fire on... ...on the Jedi. Star Wars Rebels Join the Rebellion premieres this fall on Disney XD. Inquisitor, I have encountered a rebel cell. You did well to call. All right, Mike. So that was the trailer, and before mm -hmm. we let's let's just break it down real quick here. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people, not just you, not a lot, but I've I've heard some people talk about their they weren't really blown away by this particular trailer, and I gotta yeah. say that I, I I think I understand what you're talking about because we're used to these Clone Wars trailers that they come out. You know, there's you know Darth Maul and and just you know. Um, Cad Bane was in one of the trailers, you know, you just some really great stuff out of the Clone Wars, and you get something from the Rebels, and you're just like, oh, I think I'm a little underwhelmed. I didn't know that's how you felt. Uh, so explain that, Mike. What's, what, what are you missing here? Yeah, it just feels like, um, 
Man, the, yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with with the Clone Wars reference. I we're so used to getting these just crazy, awesome trailers for the Clone Wars, and uh, especially as we got you know into season five and six, mm-hmm. and there were there were such great, incredible things to show us um, with this trailer, along with a lot of the materials that they've shown us so far for Rebels. <clears throat> it just feels like we're not getting anything new. Like they just keep rehashing the same information with mm-hmm. slightly different clips. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think out of anything, like there's no real clear narrative until the very end of the trailer where, where uh, the, the one guy is, uh, is, is contacting the inquisitor mm-hmm. um, and you start to get the idea of an actual story. Um, and I think I think that that's the biggest problem is that uh, with the Clone Wars trailers, you got this great sense of, of all of these different things happening because you can jump between all of these different awesome action sequences. But with Rebels, because it is so much more narratively focused on this group, uh, the the trailers just feel like they're kind of missing something. Like there's a lot of really neat shots in there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really neat aspects, but at the end of the day, it just kind of like this weird hodgepodge, and there's no actual, there's no actual story to it yet, mm-hmm. um, and we don't really know, I don't know, like what's going on or or who these characters are in any real sense. There's just kind of this very generic feeling to it almost mm-hmm. at this point. So um, my worry is that we're we're about to get something very similar to what we got with uh with the beginning of the Clone Wars with that Clone Wars movie that didn't feel as polished, it didn't feel as finished. Hmm. Um and it, I I don't know, I'm just a little bit worried that we might be getting something a little similar there, something that's a little rough. Um if you go back to a lot of different cartoon shows and you watch their their kind of like their two three part pilots, um, you'll see that you'll see that a lot where it's a little bit more of like this early idea of something, and then as the series goes, you'll get more of like the the feeling that that it'll grow into. Um, and I'm just a little bit worried right now that maybe Rebels isn't going to live up to the hype. It's not going to be a successor to clone wars right away and mm-hmm. uh and my biggest worry isn't how i'm going to take it but how the star wars audience as a whole is going to take it because uh, as lucasfilm has mentioned several times this is the first piece of of media since the merger since the acquisition right right this so it, yeah mm-hmm. so this is really going to set the tone for a lot of star wars fans for what they think episode seven is going to be like what they think star Wars is going to be like moving forward. So, so it really has to, I think that that as the first outing, it really has to hit a high note. And if it doesn't, we're going to have, you know, riots in the streets and, and there's going to be a lot of work for us, uh, uh, podcasters and, and fan community organizers to, uh, you know, 
relax everybody and you know <laughs> talk some people off the ledge so so i don't know like if anything i'm i'm more worried for the for the fandom and the community than i am personally because i do think that no matter what rebels is going to end up being a great series it just i don't know if it's on a steady footing to begin with as we're hoping right i i, I certainly don't think we're going to get anything uh, and i'll be careful not to not to give spoilers because i know that matt hasn't uh finished watching season six mm -hmm. but i know we're not going to get anything nearly as good as uh as the opening of season six or the closing of season six mm -hmm. of the clone wars um with either the the mm -hmm. uh the order 66 arc or the uh or the the yoda arc from the end of the series so people who are expecting to go into rebels and get that in the first episode I think are going to be really disappointed. So I, I don't know. I, if anything, maybe I'm just trying to sort of like, like uh, I just mitigate damage and uh, and get out in front of it and make sure that the fans know what's going on. You know, anybody who's listening to the podcast can 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 get their expectations in line with what we're going to see, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to what what they want. Because I think what they want is more Clone Wars. And what they're going to get is something completely different. Um, that that trailer, if anything, lets us know this is not the Clone Wars. This is a very different show. Um, and it looks like a great show. Uh, visually, it looks stunning. That's the biggest takeaway that I have, is that it looks like the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. But uh, it also looks a lot more kid-friendly. It also looks a lot more uh, you know, sort of aimed at, at a younger audience. Um, and when I say a younger audience, I'm not saying like, you know, five, six year olds. I'm saying like the, the 10 to 13 set is who this is aimed at. Uh, not necessarily the, uh, the 18 to 30, which, uh, is odd because I think the 18 to 30s are the ones who are going to be watching it most. Um, and, and Lucasfilm needs to kind of recognize that sooner rather than later. And, uh, the biggest thing I always go back to, to shows and movies from when I was a kid in the 80s and they were aimed at the 18 to 30 set but we all enjoyed them even though we were 5 and 6 anyways so you know like you're gonna get those kids uh, maybe maybe not as much in today's day and age where everybody's afraid of the internet and uh, everybody has an opinion on what's safe for kids and what's not but I don't know if it's up to the kids they'll love it if it's aimed at an older audience rather than trying to get adults to get on board with something aimed at a younger audience. So, mm -hmm. so I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Well, you know what it is too, is like, we are so like, at least me and I know a lot of fans uh, of the classic trilogy, we were so amped that we're getting a series in this time frame. It's hard mm -hmm. to not get like so excited about it. And, and to have that expectation so high. Jason, you saw, obviously you've seen the trailer, I'm sure, many times. What's right. your impressions of it? Um, it was a lot of flash and not a lot of substance. Um, mm -hmm. it, it looked great. The animation was great. The style was really neat. Um, but we didn't get any story depth mm -hmm. other than we get the nice, you know, hero shot of Kanan as he reveals that he's a Jedi and that the Inquisitor is going to show up. You know, that's the only story that we got. And I think it's part of why some of us may have found the trailer a little underwhelming is because the thing with the Clone Wars trailers is they were, you know, 
twice as long at least right and they had story beats throughout the trailer that you could pick up on and dissect and things like that whereas this this is just sort of like hey we're gonna throw this out here and show you kind of what we've been working on but we're not going to give you any idea of what the story is yet so this is your little teaser to you know keep checking back for more stuff um and so i think that's why uh, you know, a lot of people, including myself, found the trailer a little underwhelming. It's because mm-hmm. there was no story in it, um, and that's what we're looking for. Is we're we're wanting to know what kinds of stories is the show going to be able to tell? Yes, we expect the great animation, we expect the fun action, and all that stuff. But this was sort of like, well, we're going to reveal some of these images that we've been putting out, how they move, the way that they operate, and you know, just a little bit of a peek into what we've been doing. Uh, but there's no story, there's no substance to the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that's more what the issue is. And it was only a minute long. Um, right, right. Yeah. Which, you know, it's definitely much more of a teaser trailer than an actual, you know, season trailer like we would get with the Clone Wars. So, And, and you um, know, like, I, I, I'd compare it to... I just to take it away from Star Wars for a second, the the Flash trailer that just mm-hmm. came out for the new uh, CW series, The Flash, where it's uh, it's just from the pilot, which it looks like this trailer is also just from the pilot, but that trailer right. is five minutes long, introduces us to all the characters, gives us the plot of the first episode, and, and like, really blows you away with how great it looks like it's going to be. And that's what... That's what they need to do with Star Wars Rebels and they haven't done it yet. They haven't they haven't come out and blown us away. I think that they expected us to be blown away by this trailer. They pumped it up like we were going to be and then people weren't. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it was they wanted to get something out for May the 4th, you know, mm-hmm. for all those people that have been waiting and hanging on. And I think once we get maybe a release date, um an actual solid release date for this show, we might get something else, but um I've not known a lot of Disney shows to have a lot of, you know, big trailers. So um, I don't know if that's something that Disney just doesn't feel like doing a lot of. um, But I I don't know. Um, So I I think, if anything, once we get a solid release date, we might get some some Mm -hmm. more stuff. But until then, I wouldn't expect much more than the recycled clips that we've been getting. Yeah. um, I'd, I'll play devil's advocate for a second and just say that, yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I think it's it, it just seemed like it was just a hodgepodge of stuff just, like, throwing it together. Like, it wasn't cut in any way to to give you anything what was going on. Just like you said, oh, here's a hero shot of Kanan. Like, oh, wow, he's going to be bringing out the lightsaber. And and then, of course, the Inquisitor at the end. Uh, but but like I said, on the, on the other side of the coin, I will say that just seeing some of the, the original trilogy type stuff you know the tie fighters the the star destroyers the classic music into it uh it just really that's what kind of got me excited like oh wow you know stormtroopers running down hallways that look just like the interior of the uh death star or or the uh, uh star destroyers so stuff like that was really cool to see and i think it's just the fact that we're gonna have to just like i did with the clone wars guys i mean i didn't jump on the clone wars until I had DVR the first five episodes and just told myself, oh, I'll get to it when I can. Then I see the first episode and I'm like, oh, wow, this is, 
you know, this is not your quote unquote cartoon. You know, this is something totally different. You know, this is like groundbreaking stuff that, you know, I wasn't, I had no idea, you know. So I think it's just the fact we got to get used to this. The new characters, you got to get invested in new characters. It's going to take episodes. You know, you're not going to jump right into this. I mean, Star Wars fans will, but just like I did with Ahsoka, Mike. It's like mm-hmm. at first it was like, man, nobody really liked her. It's like, oh my gosh, what is this, you know? And then you get to the end of season five, she's walking away, and she's like one of the best characters in all the saga, not just for the Clone Wars, you know? So it's going to yeah. take time, and we're going to have to get invested in these characters. But I'll, I did, I just love the the look of it. And of course, the animation is going to be different. They, you talked, Mike, earlier about the aimed at the younger audience thing, and. And there was a lot of different quotes that came out from Killian Plunkett and Dave Filoni. And, and one of them was that Killian Plunkett said it's tended, uh, the Clone Wars tended to be dark and somber, whereas this new series is going to be happier and poppier stuff. And it'll fit in with the established language of Star Wars. And then on the other hand, uh, Dave Filoni says, we want to give you the most authentic Star Wars you've come to expect. So they're, they're saying it's going to be a happier, poppier type thing. As opposed mm-hmm. to the Clone Wars, which yeah, it was it was tended to go more to the somber side. I can understand that. So I think that aims right at your point, Mike, about the younger audience, maybe. Um, and then they also said the animation style would be more animated looking and less like. Obviously, we we know what the animation looks like. I kind of like it. I, it has that Disney feel to it, Jason. I don't know if you does that make sense. What I say, the Disney feel to it, like yeah, you know the the Frozen's and all that Disney type <laughs> stuff. You know, it has that look to it. So. Um, but Mike, we're getting 16 episodes in season one. What do you think about that? I uh, yeah, I mean it's a bit of a shorter season than we're than yeah, we're used 22, to. Yeah, recently 22, huh? Yeah. But now that doesn't include the movie, right? Like that doesn't include the the I'm calling it a movie, the premiere on the one hour premiere, yeah, Disney Channel, right? Because you have to keep in mind we have we have the the series premiere is on Disney Channel, and then the rest of the season will air on Disney XD. So I'm curious how long is that premiere going to be? Because I think it's going to be a, like a, 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 at least a 90 minute. You think that long? I thought it was going to be an hour. No. Um, well, I think it'll be three episodes, right? Like, I think it'll be, be the, uh, the sort of the night sister first night sister arc length so that they can do some cool stuff with it, like DVDs and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then I think from there we might get 16 episodes. So I think we might actually end up with something closer to 20. But to be perfectly honest, a shorter season isn't necessarily a bad thing as long no, as no. it's a as long as it tells the story it needs to tell. Um, I would much sooner see a shorter season with a tight story than a longer season that's a little bit mm-hmm. wavering, right? Um, that that has filler or something like that. I mean, if you look at a lot of the, uh, and we're going a little bit adult with this, but if you look at like Game of Thrones or uh, yeah, right. a lot of different HBO series, 12, they 13, run yeah. around like 10 to 13, sometimes 16 episodes. Right. So yeah. I do actually think that that's a really good number as much as it's not what we're used to. We're used to about 22 episodes, but, yeah. but we'll, we'll have to wait and see, right? Um, that's what I was going to say. Day, yeah. it's, it's all the story that they're going to tell. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's what I was going to say was that's the model now of, of television is the 12, or like you said, the 10 to 13 episodes where you're packing more stuff into less episodes and there's not a lot of just those extra you know, Jogan Fruit episodes, maybe that we're going to see, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. 
maybe that, like I said, maybe that's a good thing. He, he, they also said, talking about the style and everything, that Star Wars Rebels will have a more uniform look than the Clone Wars did. And I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to say. Can you help me with that, uh, Mike or Jason? What do you mean by more uniform look? I'm gonna, I'm gonna... Uh, I... That was one of the quotes that came out of the uh, WonderCon. I have no idea what they mean by that. I don't. I don't know if they're talking like uniform look as in design, because I, I think Clone Wars was fairly uniform in the the way that they sort of styled and designed things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they may be talking more uniform in types of stories, because you know we had the really dark and brooding and dramatic stories in Clone Wars, and then we had uh, Bomb Bad Jedi. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, that that may be what they're talking about, but I have no idea. Yeah, it says uniform look, so I don't know if they're talking about, like you said, the animation. I uh, I think I think it's more in reference to uh, to the character design and the way. Because if you look at it, we we talked about this a little bit when when we first started getting the character designs and the character reveals. Um, if you look at it, our heroes are in three colors. They're in purple green and orange uh and, and like uh, chopper is a really great example like he's he's very orange and he's got a, he's kind of got a, little, a few little bits of green on him the uh the ghost has it's gray but then it's got a couple of those like green and orange uh aspects to it um mm-hmm. almost every single character aspect falls into one of those the uh the only character i think that that kind of pops out of it a little bit is is uh sabine she's kind of got a couple other colors going on but really at the core of it because she's got kind of like almost like a magenta pink as mm-hmm. well but if you look mm-hmm. like her hair is kind of it's purple and orange uh it, her her armor has a lot of orange in it and uh and and rather than it being straight pink it's more that purpley magenta so um I think that's what they're talking about more so. I think it'll be very easy to identify who are the good guys, who are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they say more uniform, I think that's what they mean. I, I think that's what they're talking about. Rather than uh, the Clone Wars was a little bit all over the place sometimes. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, Especially when it comes to original character designs sometimes you had character designs that i feel really fit into the star wars universe um uh, later on i'm thinking especially uh when you when you think about like the um oh who are that who are the dudes that sell spice um oh the the pikes yeah the pikes the pikes totally fit into star wars i like they they look very star wars to me but then you go back to season one and you look at like the 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 rabbit droid, right? And mm. it was a little bit weird. Like it, it it still doesn't feel quite at home in Star Wars. It still feels a little bit odd. But in my opinion, there's a lot of that in the prequels. There's a lot of character design in the prequels that doesn't quite fit. And there's even a little bit of it in the special edition. Like the um, I'm thinking of the I, I think they're the it's the asp droid, the ASP. The, mm-hmm. the the worker droid that's in most Eisley that smashes one of the floating things which also don't really fit right like there's a few of those things that they mm-hmm. they feel almost like um as i've said before on other podcasts uh like that knights of the old republic like they they 
they want it to look as much like the original trilogy as possible without just making it the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. So it just ends up looking like a knockoff. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, right, like right, that's yeah. my biggest problem with, uh, mm. with, with Knights of the Old Republic. Or I shouldn't say Knights of the Old Republic as much as the Old Republic, the, the mm-hmm. MMO. Because uh, they have that whole Republic Empire thing. And it feels a lot like, well, we couldn't use TIE Fighters, so we took the nose cone off of an X-Wing and we added it to a TIE Fighter. And then it's kind of like the Sith Infiltrator, but not really. Hmm. Right? And so what you end up with is this really ugly thing that just looks like a Star Wars knockoff. It doesn't look like actual Star Wars. It looks like Battlestar Galactica. Right? Hmm. Like, it, it, it just looks like this weird... So, I think I think Clone Wars had that every now and then. Um, and I think that's what they're going to avoid. I think they're going to stick with sort of that that very uniform Star Wars look and the very uniform characters that that sort of follow a style guide more so than than the Clone Wars ever did. So, so if I had to guess at what they're meaning by that, if I had to interpret it, that's what I would think. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, that makes a lot more sense than what I said, so I'll go with it. <laughs> hey, well, check this out, too. I mean... Killian Plunkett also said that if you're a fan of space battles, you're going to see a lot more space battles in Rebels than you did than we did in Clone Wars. So if you're a fan of the space battles, you're going to be in for a treat because these guys uh, looks like they're going to be doing a lot of stuff on the Ghost. Uh, Hera is going to be uh, the main focus, and she's in every episode of season one. Mike is Hera, and uh, they're going to be following this group. Is basically what this first season is about following this this group around. So that's kind of what we got out of out of WonderCon. There's a few other yeah. things. Um, I I think I that was one of my favorite things to hear is that um, mm-hmm. that maybe the focus is going to be a little bit different than the way that they're marketing it, and maybe Hera is going to be uh, uh, a little bit more of the focus in on the the team than I uh, than the Ezra and Kanan angle because the marketing all makes you think that it's going to be Ezra and Kanan that are the main characters mm-hmm. but uh, I'd really like it if 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 they went a different route um, so I don't know yeah. hopefully that's pointing in that direction mm-hmm. well it, it could be the, the thing where Kanan and Ezra might be the main characters but it's Hera that holds the whole group together she's the sure. glue and everything so um, you know that essential person that keeps everybody sane and tied together so um. right and certainly the the voice actor who's doing Hera, which is i believe vanessa marshall yes has been all over the place i mean she's on every single podcast she's uh she was just she's at star wars weekends where you don't see any of the other i mean i don't see freddie prince going around doing that kind of thing i mean he's a bigger star but i don't see him at star wars weekends or anything like that. so they're really she's really been in the public and in the fan community big time so that makes me think like you said mike she's going to be the big star obviously of this and that's that's kind of a cool thing i mentioned earlier guys about the uh, kevin kiner he's doing the music for this and they're incorporating a lot of the original themes in the john williams stuff and let's take a quick listen to what kevin kiner has to say about the rebels uh music and soundtrack Rebels is going to have a different sound. It's going to be a little closer to A New Hope, I would say, than Clone Wars was. Now, to be able to go back and start using John's themes in in different ways is, is an exciting thing for me. 
I'm just starting right now on some themes and I think we're going to kind of go back in the same way that the episode itself kind of harkens to that time and to that sense of adventure. The music's going to do that. You're going to definitely hear that da -da, da -da, da -da. If I were a Star Wars fan, I'd be stoked. I am a Star Wars fan and I am stoked. So here we are working on Rebels. There's old school, there's new school. So now we have everybody playing. So now it starts to develop. And now here comes John Williams. a new generation of Star Wars. There you go, Mike. And that's some of the uh, comments Kevin Conner made about the music. And that's what I was pretty excited about when I saw that particular clip. I was like, wow. I mean, listening to that, man, how can you not get excited about just, just the music and how he's incorporating kind of his, his own thing, but he's bringing in a lot of those themes that we recognize. And that's, when I watched the Clone Wars, Mike and Jason, some of the my favorite moments when, when they would he would tinge some of that stuff OT stuff or that John Williams feel into some of these new scenes with, you know, Darth Maul or Obi-Wan or whatever, mm. or something with to do with the Force. Man, it just brought me so much more into what was going on, you know, brought me into that world of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of excited to, to see that he's doing that with Rebels. What do you think, Mike? So uh, let me be uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the downer. Oh, you get, okay, go ahead. Gotcha. Um, go ahead. The, the new stuff sounds great. The, the the original composition sounds awesome. Um, mm -hmm. I I love it when they can pull in some of the the uh, the classic stuff. Um, obviously, there will be a lot more pulled from the classic trilogy than from the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, but there is something that that upsets me quite a bit in that. What? No way. I uh, and that is specifically the piece of music that he's pulling. And that piece of music mm. that he is pulling, if you watch the movies, is never used unless a Skywalker is present. Mm. So that, that bit of music is, and John Williams has talked about it, it's that, it's that moment when Luke is looking out on the, on the setting suns on Tatooine, right? That's the first right. time we ever hear it. And that theme is the theme of the Force and the Skywalkers. If you want just the four, and you pull from Yoda's theme, but if it's something to do with a Skywalker, with Anakin or Luke or even Leia, then then you can use that. But if the, if a Skywalker isn't present, I don't want to hear that music hmm. because that's their theme, right? It's just like if if uh, if uh, Sabine shows up for the first time and they play Princess Leia's theme. You're gonna be upset. You're gonna be like, "That's not right. That's that doesn't that doesn't work. That's that's Leia's theme, right?" Um, there are certain pieces of music that I really don't think you can just throw in wherever because they have a very specific meaning within Star Wars, uh, and and that that bugs me a lot because we only ever hear that tune a handful of times in the entire saga. And it's reserved for 
those moments. It's really reserved for the for the super important emotional mm-hmm. moments where we're connecting with either Anakin or Luke. And if you're going to use gonna it on anybody Luke. else, I'm going to be really upset, especially if it's Ezra, because he's not a Skywalker. Like he doesn't. It, it's it just there's something about it. There's something just a little bit sacrilegious about it, and it it to me it. It shows a, a real lack of um, intimate knowledge of Star Wars. Like that—that's a thing that that uh, that I would expect in a video game, not mm-hmm. in something like Rebels. That mm. that has so much care and attention to detail. Um, so I don't know. I, I I'm wondering if we'll actually hear that in in the uh, the the final the final mix in the final thing the one exception that i will give to that is if we see a familiar face in in the the premiere for rebels which there's a lot of rumors recently that we're going to see a few familiar faces Mm -hmm. so i not to get too far off topic of the music because we'll we'll get back to that but um the only exception that i will give is if we see luke in in this this opening story, uh, he he would obviously be pretty young. He'd be, I guess, about like fourteen. Um, he'd be about the same age as Ezra, actually. So, like, not that far off. Um, or if we see Obi Wan, which there's a lot of rumor and speculation that we're gonna see Obi Wan at some point, because there were reports from a a, a few people who were at I think Disneyland. For, for a special uh, a tour of, of some different things at Disney uh, in regards to, to them rolling out some new Star Wars products and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's been a few rumor reports that, that people saw an Obi-Wan Kenobi figure on Rebels card right. in the Rebels style. Now, whether or not that's just an action figure that they're releasing or, or if he's going to show up in the series... But I do think that there's a possibility for us to see Obi-Wan. I don't think that he'll have anything to do with what's going on 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 Lothal, at least not directly. But um, if we see him for a snippet and let's say he's on a bluff overlooking the, the, the Lars homestead and we hear that theme, and we're on Tatooine and we're re- referencing Luke Skywalker or a Skywalker or Obi-Wan's talking about Anakin, then it's okay. Right, like that's the only time that I'm going to be all right with that in this series. Uh, if it's if it's anything else, if it's used for Kanan or Ezra, I'm going to be so upset because it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a general Star Wars theme. Like there are general Star Wars themes that you can use, but that's not one of them. I was just going to say know. you. I think you answered your own question earlier because you know maybe we're going to see Luke in this series and they'll use it for him, but probably not. But I was just gonna I was just gonna throw that out there before you you actually pulled it out but jason yeah. what do you think what do you think about the music uh like i said I, i'm i'm up for it uh, anything that pulls me back into that this is the time frame you know we're talking about the mm-hmm. we're only a few years away from a new hope so what do you think of the music well honestly this has been the most exciting bit of news mm-hmm. for rebels for me yeah um that i've seen recently at all is that kevin kiner's gonna be doing the music and that we're gonna get a little bit more john williams influence because while I loved the music that was used in the Clone Wars, I wish there had been a little more of the traditional Star Wars themes. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Yeah, I mixed guess. in there. I mean, Duel of the Fates would have been lovely to just throw into some of these 
battles, you know, occasionally, you know, obviously don't be heavy handed with these things. And I think that's what I'm really hoping Kevin Kiner does is that in his excitement to use these themes and have access to some of this music again, or at least take from some of this music again. And I hope he's not heavy handed and overwhelms the show Mm -hmm. with all of the references, the musical references to the original trilogy. Um, I don't mind a nice little homage or a nod or bringing a, you know, a bit of it in at certain moments. But if we get, you know, say 10 minutes of music in a half hour show and five minutes of it is taken straight from, you know, previously existing music, I'm going to be upset Um, because I want to hear the new stuff mixed with the old and I don't want it to just be sort of copied and pasted in. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact but the the music that was played in that clip, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that might be. Uh, part of the like the theme music for the show, yeah. Um, and I would love to hear that piece every you know every time I turn on a, a Rebels episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, on the on the other hand, I'm like I just don't want to have you know us being beat over the head with all the classic trilogy musical references. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, that's what I liked with the Clone Wars is is is. Mike, maybe this is what you mean too. Is they, I could have used a little more, but they used it in in certain scenes that we've come to be familiar with, with like the Jedi. Like if there's some type of a Force usage, maybe you might hear the Force mm-hmm. theme. Or when you see Anakin doing something, sometimes they'll throw in, especially if he's doing something crazy or he's going a little bit leaning to the dark side. You'll hear a little bit of that, and that's kind of the kind of stuff that really, really like hits you over the head like, whoa, that was cool, man. Because I remember many Clone Wars episodes talking about, Mike, just, did you notice this particular theme in the background? That was Vader's theme or that was the Force theme or, or something like that. So maybe using it like that where they're just highlighting certain aspects of the saga like the Force or whatever, or especially with Kanan, maybe with him using the Force or using his lightsaber or whatever. So maybe that that way, but definitely, I'm, just, I'm definitely on board with kind of mixing in some of the classic stuff we've, we've come to love. But just like you said, Jason, maybe not just going crazy with it. Uh, so we don't get, I, I would never get like bored of it, but you know, he wants to do his own thing and, and, and that's cool. And he's going to mix in. So I'm excited to see that. And he's been doing this for a long, long time. So he's done some great stuff. And I think he's even won. I don't know if he's won awards, but he's been doing some really good stuff with the Clone Wars. So uh, let's yeah, finish. Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. You were saying. Uh, just one last thing is, yeah. you know, I, I understand Mike's concerns about the music, particularly the Force theme, but mm-hmm. I, I think Kevin Kiner is smart enough and has worked with this enough that I think it'll be good. I have faith in what he can do, and I have faith in uh, the creative direction that Dave Filoni will give him. So I think it'll be great, and that's why I'm so excited about the fact that he's collaborating again on this project. So, um, but, you know, there's always those little reservations, you know, just want to make sure, you know, <laughs> on a <laughs> yeah. couple things. So, yeah. Mike, you brought it up earlier. Let's, let's talk about it real quick. Uh, two characters that have been rumored to be coming to Rebels and pretty solid rumors here is Obi-Wan Kenobi. You've mentioned that they, they saw the 
character art at the uh, Disney store. I had some Hasbro sneak preview. I think that's what you were talking about, Mike. Yeah. And then also on the Star Wars Insider that they posted something and they immediately took it down after however long when somebody started talking about it. Lando Calrissian looks like he is going to appear in this series as well. And, of course, we don't know how much they're going to appear, if it's just going to be you know, brief glimpses or whatever. But this is kind of the stuff that when I heard about this series, Mike and Jason, like, man, are we going to get to see? I, mean, I remember the first thing I thought was, wow, we get to see Vader, you know, but it sounds like they're going to kind of shy away from that because this is a story about a, a little faction that is not really big enough for Vader to come after. So he's going to send the Inquisitor. But getting to, to see that we might get to see Obi-Wan and Lando, uh, pretty cool stuff. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I I mean, obviously, if we Obi Wan, I'm I'm gonna be happy. Um, so I don't think that I need to go into too much detail on that. Uh, that that would be excellent. <laughs> yeah. um, I just hope that they don't remove him from Tatooine. Uh, that mm-hmm. that would be my one concern. Like you can you can involve Obi Wan as long as it is. Um, him staying on Tatooine, them getting involved in something on Tatooine, them needing to go there and and do something. Even like if 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 Kanan is looking for other Jedi, uh, and uh, and and finds out that he can find Obi Wan on Tatooine, then uh, you know that's one that's one opportunity, right? Uh, if he leaves Tatooine, that's going to bug me a little bit, but yeah, right. I'll probably stomach it because it means that we'll get Obi-Wan Kenobi. It also means that we'll for sure get get some James Arnold Taylor, which is the other bonus when you say that Obi-Wan's going to be involved in something. So that yes. will be really cool. Yeah, Having and, Lando involved. And Billy D. <laughs> and Billy D. specifically is really interesting because uh, with the uh, the the expanded universe getting chucked out the window, that means, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, we know that Han Solo won the Falcon from from Lando at some point. We don't know what point, though, right? right. It just has to happen before A New Hope, that's all. So right. five years before uh, A New Hope, maybe Lando still has the Falcon. He maybe might. we're going to get to see the Falcon in this series, right? Yeah. Um, Ooh, could be interesting. Idea. If Lando shows up, Maybe Han's going to show up at some point, right? Maybe we'll actually get to see that because uh, these episodes, this show is going to be considered. I mean, everything moving forward is going to be considered canon, canon. But right. I, but I think that you can guarantee with the way that that the Clone Wars has been treated that if it's if it's on screen, it's canon. Uh, maybe not the Gendi Clone Wars, but uh, but but with the Clone Wars uh, animated series computer animated series and now with rebels it's all going to be official canon so um so maybe we'll finally get to see that story uh as uh, i don't know i don't know if it's as intended but but i sort of fully realized which would be really cool to get to get some han solo some chewbacca and some lando but uh so it, lando being involved points to good things i think yeah and it's pretty pretty clear that that uh, Billy D is doing the voice because I think he slipped up somewhere, but and then yeah, there was a, I think he, um, it might have been at WonderCon. Yeah, he did a panel. I, I I don't remember what what con it was, but he was at a con and he did a panel, and he said something. He was like, "I don't know how much I can say 
and then somebody say his his agent said uh yes he will be involved in rebels but we can't talk about it mm-hmm. and that was it and he's and it was like sort of uh even even or his it, maybe it was his publicist or something but like somebody one of somebody officially representing him that was up on stage with him said yes we can confirm that he's going to be involved in rebels but we can't say how mm-hmm. um to which it was like uh actually no you can't <laughs> you're not allowed to say that yet right but, uh, <laughs> so i don't know i would expect something soon uh if if he's going to show up at star wars weekends there's a good chance that he we could get that reveal when he's at Star Wars weekends. So I'm just yeah. gonna actually what you guys can talk and I'm gonna look that up. Well, Jason, what do you think? I only got this is like like I said, when I heard about this series, these are the kinds of characters that I was hoping I was gonna get to see, and and I didn't think it was gonna be all about you know Vader and Luke and all that. But right. this is this is like positive news. Like yeah, we could see that in later seasons. We could see a Luke. We could see Han. We could see a Vader. So. Knowing that these two characters are coming in, looks like pretty almost positive rumors here. You know, these are pretty solid rumors. What do you think? Right. Well, I'm totally on board with with Mike in that I think Obi Wan should not leave Tatooine. And I know there's been you know a lot of talk, you know, at least uh, amongst some fans as to whether or not you know he left and you know had adventures or whatever, and you know stuff like that. But I think Obi Wan has to stay on Tatooine. if they take him off Tatooine, I will be a little irked, but as long as they treat it right, I'll forgive them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm excited because obviously I'm a fan of the character and I'm a fan of James Arnold Taylor. So uh, any excuse to get those two together, uh, you know, Obi-Wan and James Arnold Taylor together again uh, in uh, an animated form is a win in my book. Um, and as far as Lando is concerned, uh, I think it's, I think it's a smart idea to bring in someone, you know, from the OT, you know, that's a little more prominent, uh, without bringing in the big three right off the bat, right. you know, cause yeah. obviously Luke and Leia are going to be Ezra's age. Luke's going to be stuck on a farm the whole time. And he's not really going to be doing much, other than getting in trouble with his T-16. Um, and, right. and Leia's going to be in the Senate. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Leia's going to be learning from her, you know, adoptive father, Bail Organa, about, you know, politics and stuff like that, and they'll be very, very far away from Lothal. Um, Han might show up. Han and Chewie might show up. I'm not... I, I think that will happen at some point. Probably season two is my guess. Um, but to give sort of a a nod and a wink and uh, to those that are looking for classic trilogy characters to end up in rebels. I think having Lando in there is a, is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Honestly though, I I'm weird. And the, the character that I most want to see return from a previous star Wars thing uh, is Hondo Onaka. I think it would be great <laughs> to get Hondo yeah. Onaka to show up in rebels. Yeah. Um, great. Because I love that character so much. And I, he he would fit perfectly, I think, in Rebels. But uh. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the top characters. Clone Wars. I mean, he's he's my top three. I mean, him and Cad Bane are are right up there as far as like best things that were to come out of the Clone Wars. And then Ahsoka was kind of down there too. But uh, oh man, that would be cool. Jay, uh, Mike, you were looking for something too. What did you find? 
Uh, yeah, so I did. Uh, James Arnold Taylor. Uh, sorry, James Arnold Taylor. Billy D. Williams. They both have three names in their name. Uh, <laughs> Billy D. Williams will be at Star Wars weekends, June sixth to eighth. So, hmm. I I would I uh, I I don't know if I'd bet the Falcon, but I'd probably bet a substantial amount that uh, that if we're gonna hear anything about him officially being revealed, that's when we'll hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the week that that Mark Hamill will be there. So I, uh, as well wow. as uh, Taylor Gray, who is playing Ezra, um, we've actually got. It's cool. Every every weekend, there is someone from uh, from Star Wars Rebels that's going to be that's going to be appearing. So, yeah, um, it's very very cool. But I, uh, yeah, I the other I, I just wanted to sort of add the only exception that I'll give to to Obi Wan leaving Tatooine. Is if he uh, is if he shows up wearing this outfit, I'm just gonna send you guys a link and then describe it for the uh, for for the listeners. Uh, some people might know what I'm talking about. It's uh, Princess Leia sort of tells a story at one point in the Marvel comics about General Kenobi, and this was before anything from you know the the prequels or uh, or anything that we really knew about Obi Wan before episode four and uh in the marvel comics from the Mm. from the 70s and 80s Mm -hmm. and uh obi-wan is kind of he's 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 like a very dashing yeah handsome guy (laughs) in this and i i not that he isn't dashing and handsome all the time but i just like the way that they portray him he looks like more like a almost like a secret agent more than anything else he's got like this this cool all black outfit with white gloves uh white boots and, and a white belt um and uh, and then his his sort of very classic younger looking Obi Wan mm-hmm. style of just like a goatee rather than the full beard and uh, <laughs> and that that Obi Wan uh, like sort of Episode Four Obi Wan hair but a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> so like I if 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 we got to like if uh, if Bail Organa sends a message to to Obi Wan that he needs to help these these rebels because let's say okay here i'll give you the scenario i'll give you the scenario that i'm okay with and this is just me writing my own story completely sometime in season two okay after the the uh the inquisitor has has failed to to defeat these these children and uh and vader has to step in uh vader shows up on on lothal to to do something and uh and they have to call in the big guns so for some reason, like they somehow they get Obi Wan off Tatooine, uh, but so that he's not conspicuous, so that he doesn't look like a Jedi, so that he doesn't look like Obi Wan Kenobi. They put him in this different outfit, and he he, uh, he shows up as this uh, sort of special agent, Obi Wan Kenobi, and he never confronts Vader, but he helps them deal with Vader, mm-hmm. and then Vader leaves by the end of the episode, <laughs> and uh, and you just have that 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 like near miss of like. They're never quite close enough for Vader to sense his presence, but you're like, oh, 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 how are they going to do that? <laughs> yeah. So they and like play with our expectations, right? Um, that could be really cool. Yeah. I think that could be interesting. So, so I'll, we'll just put that in F level canon for now, That's, and uh, yeah. and we'll <laughs> wait and see what happens. But uh, but yeah, I would love to see this version of Obi Wan Kenobi realized in in official star wars canon somehow because i have a i have a real soft spot for those marvel comics it's uh <laughs> it's one of my first first uh introductions yeah. to star wars so gotcha. so i always go back to that uh jackson and uh yeah and and all that sort of stuff so 
So, yeah. well, so I'm going to finish up with two more things before we wrap up. Uh, I just wanted to really quickly, we've we've got the whole cast, guys, and of who's playing who as far as the main core group, but there's one character that we still don't know the voice yet, and he was almost the first character that we got to see, and I'm talking about Mike and Jason, the Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a little... Uh, it's obviously for a reason, but whoever's doing this voice, I'm thinking this has to do with something maybe in the sequel trilogy. Cause they did say, I did hear some things about characters or voices or something from the rebels transferring over to the new sequel trilogy. You guys hear that Mike? Yeah. Yeah. There were the rumors a long time ago before we really had any news mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. rebels soon after it was announced that we would have a character that would be featured in both. Mm-hmm. Um, now, based on the voice that we hear in that trailer and the recent reveal of the Episode 7 cast, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anybody who really matches up. But that being said... Not to me. I, no. I don't know how familiar I am with some of these actors or right. if I'm familiar enough to be able to pick out their voice from a, from a four-word yeah, line, I wasn't. Right? Uh, I played that thing like 50 times in a row just yeah. to try to figure it out. You know. So just, if, you know, if it's anybody of the currently revealed cast that w- that is going to, like, let's say that, that the Inquisitor is in both the, uh, the in both Rebels and the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I'd have to put it on Adam Driver just because of the, the physical similarity. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I don't know. I, I don't, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting that that we haven't got... Jason, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but we haven't... He was one of the first characters we got introduced to, but still we have no idea who's doing the voice, and and obviously they're keeping that a secret because it must have something to do with Episode 7. What do you think? Oh, I I don't know if the... uh, If the Inquisitor has anything to do with Episode 7. I honestly don't see him... Uh, surviving the series, yeah. Rebels. So I, I think uh, he's gonna, you know, you have to survive all the way through all the the, the OT and then you yeah, know work his I, way right, thirty I, years I, into yeah. I, I don't think he's gonna survive Rebels. I think Vader's gonna kill him. I think I think he's gonna piss Vader off one too many times and Vader's gonna take mm-hmm. him out um, about three four seasons down the road. Yeah. Um, there's just something about them I, not I, not revealing the voice. I'm just I'm trying to figure out why though. Why aren't they doing that? You know? Oh, that I don't know. They're they're not revealing anybody except for this core group. So yeah. uh, the imperial officer is probably going to be playing a more regular role at, at least early on than the inquisitor will um, mm. um, as an antagonist to our heroes. Um, and we have no idea what his name is, or uh, we do actually. Oh wait, because... no, we, no, we do the action figure, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's something like Bruticus or something, but that's a transformer, <laughs> so it's not Bruticus, but it's something similar to that. Um, I, oh man, I can't remember right. I, uh, what it was, but I, I'll see but, if I can can find it while we're talking. But yeah. But as far as the voice for the Inquisitor. Um, I would not be surprised if it might be Sam Witwer, to be perfectly honest. Uh, um, uh, he's he's played those types of characters in the Clone Wars, and I know they may stay away from him simply because he's played those types of characters in the Clone Wars, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wound up 
participating in, in Rebels somehow and possibly becomes the voice of the Inquisitor. Um, and he's got two lines over a hologram, you know, two, you know, a couple words over a hologram at the end of the trailer. So we don't really have enough to really compare uh, what he sounds like to people that we know. Um, so, so, of course, he could be somebody completely new that we have no idea who he is. Um, but I, I don't think there's any special reason other than they probably want to have some sort of big reveal for the the Empire uh, later on as they get closer to uh, the release date. Um, mm-hmm. They, they want to try and establish these new heroes, get people to like them, uh, you know, early on, which is tough because this is the first project that we have with an all with a cast of completely new characters, nobody that we've known before. Um, so they're trying to really boost these heroes and get us behind these heroes and stuff like that. And the villains are cool because they're going to be, you know, against our heroes, but that's not important, you know, as important to them right now as us getting behind and uh, enjoying and excited for the crew of the ghost. Mm-hmm. So I-, I think that's more the the thinking behind that rather than any super secret, uh, you know, further down the line uh, ideas that they may have for the Inquisitor. So, yeah, Mike, you were going to say you found something. Uh, oh no! Sorry, I'm still just looking. I, I'm trying to look back through our uh, our our older stuff, our older news posts on the mm. site because I remember seeing something with his name on it, um, or us knowing his name at some point. Mm-hmm. Agent right. Callus, that's what it is. Uh, it's Callus, oh, gotcha. um, that Imperial officer guy. Yeah, that yeah, Imperial yeah, yeah. officer with that interesting helmet um, that that is addressing. Uh, the Inquisitor. So we know that from uh, from his action figure at uh, at Toy Fair. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I I think you're on the right track, Jason, when you say that that Callus is going to be uh, the the villain that we spend a lot more time with in season one than uh, than the Inquisitor. I think that they'll that that they'll play up the Inquisitor as as sort of this this threat that will be coming. And uh, and towards like later on in the series, in in the first season, we'll see that threat realized. Um, but at mm-hmm. first, it'll just be Agent Callus is kind of like the uh, the uh, they, they've mentioned that that the Imperial Security Bureau is going to be a major part of this. That that's why they they mentioned it in the um, in the EU uh, the, the the same video that they told us that the EU was dead. They they let us know that some parts of the EU are still alive, and one of those pieces is the Imperial Security Bureau in Rebels. So the fact that he's named Agent Callus and not, you know, Captain or Officer or anything like that, makes me think that he is he's with the ISB and that he will be um, the uh, the the villain or at least the head of operations on Lothal to begin with. So mm-hmm. so. We'll, yeah. we'll 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 have to wait and see for for a bit more stuff like that, but uh, yeah. but but yeah, I think you're absolutely right when when it sort of points in that direction. Mm-hmm. Well, let's finish up, Mike, with uh, some canon news. Uh, of course, we have Rebels coming, but there's going to be some novels coming out, and the first one is going to be called A New Dawn, which is going to feature Kanan and Hera, 
and basically telling their their story before we get to the rebels. So I, I know you wanted to mention that, Mike, too. Written by John Jackson Miller, who just did the Kenobi novel. So if any fans out there of that novel, you got a rebels novel coming out fairly soon. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I, this is really interesting. So this, um, as it says that that they're going to give insight into a key character's backstory. So whether that'll be Hera or Kanan, um, I'm I'm gonna lean more towards Kanan um, because mm-hmm. I think that we're we're gonna find out who his master was and and all of that sort of thing, uh, his connection to the Jedi. Uh, we'll we'll discover a little bit more of that within this novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm really excited. I there are probably many people who are upset that all of the things that they know and love from from the expanded universe is gone. But for me personally, uh, this means that we have a great opportunity to sort of pick the things that you're going to be interested in um, with with regards to Star Wars. And uh, and now going forward to, to stay up to date, to, to be able to actually have your finger on the pulse of, of everything that you care about. So for us at Rebels Podcast... That means uh, when this novel comes out, and the uh, I'm sure the audio uh, audiobook version comes out at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, I will actually be able to stay up to date. I'll actually there, yeah. there won't be seven or eight books releasing that month, um, along with comic books, video games, and TV series that that I'll have to keep up to date with. I'll actually be able to say no. I'm, I'm gonna if this is the first in a series of Star Wars Rebels novels then then i'm definitely going to get into these and i so that i know everything there is to know about these characters right so so i don't know i i think that that's really cool i think it's uh that this is going to be a great jumping on point for people who have maybe avoided i i being part of the expanded universe in the past so um a new dawn is uh both a new dawn for for the jedi and the rebellion but it's also a new dawn for uh, for, for, for the, the expanded universe. So I think that yeah. that's uh, I think that's a very appropriate title, uh, and I think that <laughs> that uh, that it's it, it, I mean, uh, Kenobi was great. It was a really great novel. Um, my one complaint is it could have used some more Kenobi. But <laughs> I you know yeah. I, I, as I I've, I think I've said it other places. I'm a little bit biased, right? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, if it was just you know. 300 pages of Obi-Wan Kenobi sitting and meditating, having a conversation with Qui-Gon Jinn, I would have been happy. But I, I don't know if I'm in the majority when I say that. So, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, uh, people wanted some sort of action, something to happen in it. So uh, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a really great Star Wars novel. Um, so I'm excited to, to see what else. Uh, it's John Jackson Miller, right? That's Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can bring to, uh, to Rebels. And uh, yeah, well, maybe like... maybe Kenobi will be connected in there somehow as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're gonna find out how Kanan and Obi Wan know each other because maybe they do. Maybe there's a true yeah. So this is coming out September second, twenty fourteen, followed by a bunch of other releases. But yep. you know we're gonna maybe we'll get that that special uh, sometime in this summer. Then this is what's cool about this new canon thing for me is I get to watch the Rebels the premiere. Then get the book, kind of get ready, you know, get get that backstory going. So when Rebels, the TV show hits, and you know whatever it is, September, October, 
you know, I'll have this book behind me. I'll have a, an idea of what's going on with Canaan before that. So it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, that's I think the the release date of this book is probably a little t- more telling as to when they're probably going to start mm-hmm. the TV show proper right. um, it, than anything else that they've said previous, um, because if it's, you know, a prequel book to the series, it would make sense to have the book come out at, at least, you know, right about the same time that the TV show starts. That way people can, you know, go back and find out more about uh, Kanan and Hera and how they met and teamed up and the backstories that they're going to explore there. And um, uh, honestly, the, the new way that they're you know, the, the new EU reboot, if you will, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better term, I think is a really good thing. Um, and I understand people's, you know, complaints, you know, but honestly, it's, it's a, it's a fresh start and we can, you know, start things over and I think it's interesting that the first thing is going to be a Rebels novel. The first new novel is going to have to right. do with Rebels, mm-hmm. which makes sense because that's when the TV show comes out and they want to you know, help boost that. And I think the novel might help draw uh, you know, more people to the show. So um, yeah. I think that's great. And, and John Jackson Miller was you know great writing Kenobi and I know he's also he was the the writer behind uh the Knights of the Old Republic comic book uh line so mm-hmm. he's he's in a lot of stuff for Star Wars and a lot of it's been pretty good so um I have confidence in what he can do so definitely yeah definitely I'm looking forward to that and like I said that canon stuff that's what kind of kept me from a lot of the, the EU before was just like, oh, man, I'm going to read it. And it's not going to really mean anything because someone else is going to trump it. So I'm lo- I, I love this new everything is, is golden, is canon, and it's got the blessing. So, Mike, let's, uh, we started off this episode talking about uh, the trailer. And let's finish up uh, talking about the trailer. We have one email. I want to right, we have an email I wanted to read real quick and then we'll finish sure. up. Uh, it says, um, hi, Mike. Kyle, Tim, and Matt. I'm actually less excited for Rebels after seeing the trailer. The voices are mostly generic Disney XD. The droids look weird. The characters look unfinished or like cheap video game. The ships and stormtroopers look good, though. Of course, if the story is good, then I will watch and and continue to watch. But I wish Disney had put more money into the animation. I guess they can't match what... uh, I guess they can't match what George put in, uh, but they should have put more in. They could go cheap after Rebels, but they should dump whatever they can into the first Disney Star Wars. I mean, if they can make it look as almost as good as the Clone Wars, then they should have gone the 2D route. Then they could make it look as different as possible. Uh, and then he references Bruce Timm, who's at Marvel now, and some mm-hmm. of the animation he's done. And he actually included some, uh, some of his artwork, which is uh, actually really good. And that um, particular email is from Adrian. He's emailed the Clone Wars podcast in the past, so I wanted to highlight that. Adrian, thanks for the email. And Mike, he, he has the same feelings. I mean, this is where we got the inform- uh, the uh, some of the fan reaction to that first trailer. Sure. Was, you know, even people emailing us saying, hey, I wasn't kind of blown away by the trailer either. Sure. So it's I, going around. Yeah. Uh, I will say, like, I can't agree with, with this email and the, the sentiment because if there is one thing about Rebels that I love – 
so far it's the visual style uh i'm uh-huh. looking at, at some of the clone troopers right now and they certainly don't look unfinished and they certainly don't look like a cheap video game to me um uh, i it is a very different style from the clone wars so i think that does take some getting used to for for some people who are hoping that it would be more of the clone wars to be perfectly honest after starting to see these character designs from rebels when i go back and watch the clone wars the clone wars looks unfinished to me Mm -hmm. um Mm. those character models look very blocky and stiff whereas these character models have a real um life and vibrance to them uh, you know, like the 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 stormtroopers especially. I think, I think time's gonna tell him when you put these stormtroopers next to the clone troopers from from the Clone Wars, you what you're gonna see is evolution. Uh, you're gonna see where they started. And I love the Clone Wars, and I think that the Clone Wars is excellent, top notch, award winning animation, and it deserves all of the accolades it's gotten. But it got us to this point. And now they can take that ball and run with it in Rebels, where uh, they can use all the tricks of the trade that they learned on Clone Wars and amp things up just a little bit more. So, I think I I think that that Rebels actually looks uh, a, a sort of a degree of magnitude better than the Clone Wars did. Um, and I think that time will tell on that one. I, I think we're going to see really quick just how great this show can look. Um, I do think that it's much more stark. I do think that it's much more minimalist um, in in regards to uh, uh, sort of the, the atmosphere that they're creating. But I think it's intentional this time. It was not intentional when they made those first few episodes of The Clone Wars. It was based on resources. But with this, I think what we're seeing is um, it's supposed to be much more like Episode 4, which if you go back, although... The, the frame often had a lot to, to look at, um, especially if you go back pre-special edition. The, the, it was pretty stark, like especially the space mm-hmm. stuff. There weren't 30 star, uh, t- sorry, TIE fighters. There was 10 TIE fighters, right? Like there was, right. it, it, you know, uh, Star Destroyers didn't have little ships flying around them. It was just the tent of four and a Star Destroyer, and that was good <laughs> yeah. enough. And I think that's what we're going to see in this it was the millennium falcon and four tie fighters right right like that's the feeling that we're gonna get it's gonna be a lot more about uh, uh the intensity of what we're seeing than being flooded with all of this visual information the other mm-hmm. aspect of adrian's email that i just wanted to address really quick if you're talking about expense 2d costs a lot more to produce than 3d 3d is actually cheaper than than traditional animation which is why you see a lot of studios going that way that's why you see the latest batman series being a a 3d animated series you saw the green lantern series being 3d animated tron although it had very uh uh, 2d-esque elements to it was also computer animated uh and all for the same reason it's much cheaper to produce than traditional animation which requires that each drawing be created with computer animation, what you do is is you you set up the keyframes, and then the computer fills it in and adds that great flow of movement. Um, and you can go in and you can tweak that, and you can add more depth and detail to 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 a character's animation. But those broad strokes are much quicker to create in computer animation than they are 
in uh, in in two D animation. So I I don't want to see two D animation from from Star Wars. I would love to see Bruce, uh, Bruce Tim's design uh, uh, sensibilities brought to a Star Wars series. And I know mm-hmm. the illustrations that you're talking about, uh, and and they're great. And they look awesome, um, but. It's not gonna. It, it, they're not gonna do a series like Batman the Animated Series or Superman the Animated Series or the Justice League series. Um, it's just the cost is way too high nowadays. So, uh, and that, and there's just not that many studios that are actually uh, that are actually built to do that kind of thing anymore because it is so expensive. So, um, you know, I, I I think that that as people get used to it, as people see more and more of the series in action, that attitude's going to start to go away. Uh, I, I think, as Jason and I said at the beginning of the episode, it's the story that feels really loose and weak right now, that, that they need to tighten up or show us how tight it mm-hmm. is and how interesting it is. Because I have faith that Dave Filoni is putting together a, a great product. I just mm-hmm. want to see it, right? I, I, don't <laughs> want, I don't want these um, sort of sideways glances at what's coming. I want to actually see what's coming. I want them to actually show us what this series is going to be. So, uh, yeah. I think I think that's a that's a good place for me to stop talking. <laughs> well, you know, I I just have to say he mentions the the ships and the stormtroopers. He loves that. And of course, I do yeah. too. I mean, seeing all that the, the tie fighters and the star destroyer and the, the classic stormtroopers. But I think I think it's just one of those things you get used to it and it'll be yeah. After a few episodes, it's going to be, oh, this is cool. This is great stuff. So I, I like the animation myself, too. I, it's a different route and it's a different thing, and that's always good for me. So I guess um, that's going to wrap it up for this particular episode, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. That that just about does it for us. I Thank you, Jason, for, for joining us yeah. for this episode. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Why, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the Internet? All right. Well, I and my buddy... Carl, who was unable to be here, we we host the uh, Wampus Lair podcast over at StarWarsReport.com. Uh, you can find us and all of our shenanigans over at uh, Facebook.com slash Wampus Lair podcast or Twitter.com slash Wampus Lair. Or you can email us at Wampus Lair podcast at gmail.com. So, cool. I highly yeah. suggest that everybody get over there. You guys have some very interesting conversations. I one of my favorite things because you guys like you'll talk about the news, but then you also just have this general fandom aspect to the Wampas Lair that I really like that not enough shows do. Um, that everybody kind of wants to talk about what's new and exciting, but you guys do your your uh, uh, lightsaber matchups uh, <laughs> where where you have two characters face off against one another, and uh, and sometimes they can be pretty interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, I, I like that. I, that's one of my favorite parts of the Wampus Layer. So I I wholeheartedly endorse the Wampus Layer and I think everybody should go give that a listen. Um and uh, and, and we're we're big fans here. So yes. uh, so yeah, so thank you for, for joining us. As far as the Rebels Podcast, uh, you can you can find Matt and I at the Rebels Podcast dot, sorry, not the Rebels Podcast, at rebelspodcast.com and uh, on Twitter at Rebels Podcast and on Facebook Star Wars uh, Star Wars dot com. I can't do any of my interest <laughs> outro stuff. I'm all tongue tied. I Facebook dot com slash Rebels Podcast to find us on Facebook. Uh, and from there, you should be able to find links to our uh, our Frontlines Rebels Star Wars: The Saga Continues 
uh, group where we discuss all things Star Wars. It's a great group over there. Some awesome fans to interact with. Uh, you can also look for Matt and I at the Clone Wars at Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast, uh, CloneWarsPodcast.com. And uh, we should have a new episode up next week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if you're if you're wanting to finish out season six with us, we've got a few more episodes left of that. About six episodes, six or seven, which should carry us right through to the premiere of Star Wars Rebels. But uh, Matt and I will actually be back with a couple more episodes before that. So, mm-hmm. stay tuned. I. I subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already done that and uh, and like I said follow us on Facebook and Twitter and you'll get all of the latest greatest news. Uh Tim does an awesome job over at rebelspodcast.com of yeah. making sure that we have all of the news all of the time as quick as possible. So if you're looking just for Star Wars Rebels news, I cannot stress this enough. rebelspodcast.com is the best place on the internet to go. And that's not me tooting my own horn. It's not me tooting Matt's horn for him. This is all because Tim Tim, does such an awesome job of curating all of our news for that site, Uh, as well as their site, Star Wars The Saga Continues, uh, where you can get all of your general Star Wars and specifically uh, sequel trilogy information. So uh, those are probably the best two places on the internet, in my opinion to get all of your Star Wars news without all the other fluff, without, <laughs> without everything else. I, I just sort of cut through all that stuff and just see the news. But I, that does it for us this week. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will, we will catch you next time on uh, the Rebels podcast. See you next time.